My biggest thing is I think selling your home to an iBuyer, maybe not now, but I think in the future, it really could be kind of like a status piece. It's kind of like, mm. you know, hey, like. I don't have I'd, time for exactly, this bullshit right? listing you, thing. I'm just going to sell it to an iBuyer because I right. have lots of money and I don't care. Welcome to the iBuyer Experiment. We are so excited to be with you guys here today as we have uh, a lot of disruption to the disruption, right, on the iBuyer Experiment. Right. Not only that, we have a lot of uh, 2023 predictions that Jay's going to share with us. There's just a lot of really cool current topics that we have for you guys today, so let's dive in and get after it. Sounds yeah. juicy. It, it is juicy. <laughs> well, we were just talking about this juicy one. Redfin now shuttered their iBuying program. That's I know. the headline. That's the headline. But wah, what's the wah, truth wah. behind Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you give us the insight on that? Because you have a little uh, a juicy nugget on that. I, well, here's the thing. Redfin now came out about last week, and they shut down their iBuying program. But the takeaway is they're now displaying the preliminary open door offer for home sellers on Redfin. So Redfin now expanded their market. Yeah, I was going to say, because Redfin now is pretty much in California. Exactly. Right? Like that was their that was their that was their market presence. So now by shutting that down and putting open door that's in like forty five markets, that's a massive expansion. Hundred percent massive expansion. So now you have Zillow yep. displaying the preliminary open door offer. Three hundred million eyeballs. Which actually hasn't happened yet. <laughs> they've they've yeah, actually not started that yet. Hasn't hit yet. But, but Red but Redfin, they they shut it down and they had, was it, quick. They had it on there within a week. That was quick. So yeah. this was something that was in the works for a while. I mean, we know how integrations work with companies. It's oh. not overnight. You nope. think a, to- a, total, well, a to- total, you know, against the grain in some of our topics here, but just a little thought. Do you think Zillow's maybe got some grumblings in the background, to, mm-hmm. you know, quality of lead that they're going to jump back in, especially with, you know, uh, Open Door's stock under two bucks, Open Door or OfferPad's stock under a buck. If they disappear, they jump back in. Dude, they will. Well, Redfin's like a yeah. four bucks. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I think all tech stocks are abysmal. obliterated right now. Well, the only one that I w- that seems to actually, I mean, I know that they're down. I mean, especially since they jumped into the iBuy space is uh, is Zillow. But they're, like they're hold, they've they've been holding between like thirty two and forty bucks a, a share for the last pretty much since they shut down the the you know iBuy. Which is a big effort. swing. By oh, the way. I think Jay, yeah, you they, were like, remember, they were like about two hundred. As, as I say, yeah, as I said, their highs were yeah, they were one fifty plus. I thought so. Yeah, I mean that's a massive hit. <laughs> no, they hit they hit two hundred, so they were they were pretty high. Yeah, um, but yeah, everyone was and and everyone's in the crapper right now. Um, Compass as well too. Compass oh, is, I, I think I think <clears throat> Compass could be picked up by a private investor and taken there have over. Been, there have been rumors of that, and Robert Rifkin has adamantly denied it, but there's yeah. definitely been talk of it. Such an interesting you know, way. I know we talked about that actually on one of the last podcasts. I still, and I, I personally want to look into that, where they had like a thousand developers on staff you know, around their tech that they were, what tech stack they that they creating? were creating. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've never seen a, a piece of any innovation run out, roll out from those guys. I mean, they have cool, they have cool um, branding. Like, I like their color scheme. I like their color palette that they roll out, right? I think they had a lot of cool stuff with that, but that's that about it for me. Well, back to iBuying, I want to kind of touch on this because I think all of these headlines make real estate agents think that it's going away. Yes. Mm. So our, uh, as we all know, and Zudelia, our sales team, they, you know, there's a, a whole outreach department that calls agents and, you know, to share our 
business vision and model. And I know that that's been some of the sales team has been getting that feedback. Well, this isn't really relevant in my market. They're going to go, they're all going to go bankrupt anyways. Like she, <laughs> that, you know, we've been, mm. we've been getting that, uh, response hey open doors they're getting around they ain't going anywhere no, <laughs> no open door still has like they still have two and a half billion dollars yeah. they're they, got, they have cash yeah so it's not yeah they may have lost a billion dollars but it could have been a lot worse could have been a lot worse and, and uh what eric Wu said that part of the reason why they lost so much is because they actually stuck to their contracts yep back when the market carried was, it out. Was, was tanking they actually they could have canceled a bunch of contracts and saved a lot of money but they they you know they they said they were going to you know, worry about their brand and and um, actually take on the contract. Yeah, a long term play, right? I think that that's such BS. You and I talked about that. I think I, it's I totally do. BS. I think it's PR. I think if you look back at the pandemic, they had no qualms about cutting. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. They right? they cut ties this, massive. Yeah, this is not them cutting. Like this is them not knowing. I mean, they straight they, out came out and said that their algorithm couldn't predict future home prices. Like they admitted that. There's now a class a, class action lawsuit from their investors, investors on yep. that exact same thing. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, great spin, great spin. Yep, it was definitely a, 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 another PR move. Yes. Like you said. <laughs> yep. So we don't believe iBuyers are going away. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. In a world where they do, the value proposition is still irresistible. It, oh, it elevates for the agent. Yep. A- actuality, right? <laughs> like, you know, the, the data point of almost 50% of the houses requesting a cash offer before they hit the market in iBuyer present, you know, dominant markets is an overwhelming data point, right? Of the consumer has spoken that they're looking for this to be the, the new basis, the easy button, mm-hmm. right? And why wouldn't you? If the, again, if the numbers work, if the opportunity is there for you to, to control all pieces of it, it just makes sense. And so for agents and really just the Amazon selling experience, it isn't going anywhere. Well, the, the, prop, the selling proposition isn't. That's, for that's sure. what I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, we were just reading an article was that article in um, where a homeowner was talking about their cash value or their cash offer value. <laughs> they weren't talking about their yes. value, the value of the house or their estimate or whatever. They're talking about their cash offer value. Um, so people are, I mean, they, they know that, that it's out there that they know, they know they can go out there and get different cash offers and find out, you know, what their house is worth um, for a now, a now price. Yep. Well, and the thing is we talk about this all the time. It's not just about offer pad and open door. Those are just those are just the companies where the flashlight is everyone can see it right. Yeah, they're the spotlight. Sure is little. There's there's so many other institutional buyers, I guess, behind the scenes, if you will, that maybe consumers or even real estate agents don't really know exist or have really dealt with. They're they've cooled down, and some of them have kind of tapped out right now and just say, hey, you know what, this fourth quarter, let's just take a step back, which is where I think some of these numbers where these. You know, are they saying these uh, the i buyers have you know significantly decreased their purchases? But we know when when quarter of twenty twenty three comes around, they're going to ramp things up, and then it's going to come back. Maybe not quite as full force as as we saw when the market was super crazy, but it's it's going to come back big time again, and then it's going to be the talk well, of the town again. And, and how they're buying, you know, even in like the shareholder reporting, reporting, how they're buying now versus how they were buying, right? Once all these start to filter in and they, you know, like, again, their losses obviously were here and then now they're going to go, go like this, right? They're going to meet in the middle because of how they're acquiring properties now is they're buying them right, 
right? They're going to, they're, you know, they're cutting those losses. And so they're on their way back to the black, you know, in a lot, in, in a lot of strategies. But I know you had a data point on um, the investors on that. Will you, will you share that? Because like, I think that's such a key, key indicator. Yeah, absolutely. In quarter, <clears throat> excuse me, in quarter three of this year, investor purchases are down 30%. And if you look at markets like Phoenix, investor purchases are down 49%. So you look at the transactional volume being significantly decreased, it's essentially by the amount of the investor purchases. Yep. What's our read between the lines on that, right? Like around t- trend setting, you know, cause again, I mean, they have the best, investors have access to the best data. Right, they're looking at the macroeconomic. Do they? Okay, uh, do they? Let's, I mean, they let's should. Ask open door. They, let's ask open door. door how the data worked for them. <laughs> the so ultimate investor. I think that yeah. if you look at their purchasing behavior, Offerpad has way outperformed Open Door as far as yes. purchases. And why is that? I think it's because you have a real estate practitioner at the helm. Yep. You're not relying off of an algorithm. And some data scientist who thinks he's so smart that they can create for sure, something. For sure, for sure. Well, predict. and not only that, they're doing so, things on future predictions. Yeah, so I think a little bit, we have to take everything with a grain of salt. And I think we learned that from Zillow, too. Mm-hmm. So don't be romantic about these fancy algorithms. Yep, it's just an algorithm. That is that is very true. Very true. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can't predict, right? Like, you know, I mean, you obviously. Predict, predict the breakneck speed of interest rates going to from three to well, seven and we knew inflation months, was going to, we knew inflation was going to hit with as much money was pumped into the economy. I don't think we knew inflation was going to hit at the level that it hit. I don't think people realized the fed was going to be that aggressive. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know. Cause they weren't for so long. They they kind of sat on their hands for a long time and then they really got aggressive fast. So, okay. The theory could be this, this could be kind of my thesis is that these institutional buyers were in full effect interest rates were insanely low. Their cap rates on these properties were really high. And it just mm-hmm. made a lot of sense to acquire these properties, put them in a fund, you know, give out a return and continue doing it and grow it and do it all over the country. And what has happened, which we've all seen firsthand, and I know that we've experienced here personally at Zudelio as well, is these institutional buyers have not just, they've not just slowed down, they've pumped the brakes. Oh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because you've got, you know, dozens of funds, public and private, that were acquiring literally tens of thousands. They're paying over list price. They were paying whatever they could for the property, uh, which would make sense, right, when you can tie it up when their money was so cheap. So now that money is more expensive, now that kind of macroeconomic uncertainties are great, uh, we've seen them pull back. So I know that, Keith, you have a lot of insight on that because you deal directly, you interface directly with our funds. So talk to us about, like, what you're seeing and what, what you think the future holds for them. Yeah, well, here's the thing. When you have the money, guess what? You can be patient. You can create your own rules, right? They want to know based on the macroeconomic uncertainty of the marketplace where things are going so let's either significantly be more conservative on our offers which is what's happening right now everybody's (laughs) doing that (laughs) or let's just pump the brakes figure out where we're at with our inventory figure out where the market's going and what our next move is that's what's happening right now from conversations and that i've had I think majority of them, regardless of them being conservative on their offers or the ones that have just said, hey, let's just, let's just stop and see where this goes. They're really waiting for their quarter 2023. Now, is it January 1st? Boom. Are we good to go? No, probably not. I would think it's probably going to be more toward the end of January where they're kind of seeing where his inventory, 
what's rates, what the Fed, what's the Fed's going to do, things like that, right? Where's the end of, a bu- end of 2023? Bu- buyer and renter confidence is is really what they're probably 2023 was. I didn't say that. You said you said end of January. <laughs> yeah, 2023. Uh, 2023. Oh, 2023. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gotcha. <clears throat> I think that's when we're going to start seeing truly where they're all going to go to next, and the ones that did dip out that aren't purchasing right now. I, they'll probably start coming back into the marketplace. That's that's what I think. But hey, you know what? Kudos to them. They, they don't have to buy properties right now. And, no, and, and, exactly. If, and if and if they want to be aggressive and wait for the right deal, it makes sense. They can do that. And that's just what we're dealing with in the marketplace right now. I 100% agree. And if you look at like Invitation Homes, their stock, for instance, it's not had a cataclysmic drop. Their stock has remained pretty solid. And so I think that the funds are just being kind of, um, they're being very conservative right now because they can. Yep. And why, why not? Well, and my biggest thing, right, like is especially for them is it's all based on rents, right? And a lot of times the rents are going to be based on the income, right? There's a, there's a lot of variables in, in inside of that particular piece. And so, um, I mean, I can tell you right now, again, just I, I was just actually talking to, um, you know, some some people within my neck, uh, my network around how fast properties are renting people that manage, um, you know, property management companies, et cetera. And they definitely have seen things slow down a little bit. Like there's not like a waiting list. Like there's certain properties that they have to prime them, prep them to get them rented. You know, they're still renting, but not as fast as as they once were. They they definitely have noticed there's been, there's been least price reductions. Okay, great. So there's definitely downward pressure on leases. Obviously there's downward pressure on home prices. Uh, however, let's talk a little bit about the, the trends for 2023, because we still believe that there is no housing crash that, that's coming. No. So, Not unless something happens. I was just reading room. this article where <laughs> it looks like they're projecting a 1.5% depreciation uh, across America in, in 2023. Okay. 1.5%. So... Of course, that that could not be. too bad, but that's not you know different markets are going to exactly. be yeah right. That's <laughs> that's the that's the that. yeah that's the I overarching going to take about fifty percent of that. Yeah. It already has too, yeah. right? Like we know that, but yeah. let's talk. So what- yeah, so I, I got this. I got this up. Um, uh, no housing bubble. An economist top ten predictions for twenty twenty three. Number one, there is no housing bubble. Uh, number two, mortgage rates will drop. Mm. Um, they're saying that it's probably yep. drop in the. It already has been dropping. Lives. It has. And purchase um, applications are up the oh past yeah. two weeks. Week over week, they're up. Uh, number three, don't expect inventory to grow significantly. They they talk about how um, there's 25 to 30 million homeowners that have mortgage rates um, around 3% or lower. They're not going to so bounce out. They're not. Those 25 to 30 million homeowners are not going to bounce out of their house. They're not unless gonna they bounce have out. to. Dude, yeah, that's I mean, unless they have of to. The of the 160 course, million homes, think about that. I mean, yeah, that's of course a you massive have, number. You have that's divorce, 20%. death, and you know, sure. career, career changes and stuff like that. So those, those people. Life events, mean. yeah. Uh, number four, no buyer's market, but a more balanced one. Yep. I can uh, see that. Number five, sellers will have to become more realistic. Mm. <sighs> what? Shocking. Oh, man. I think they already are, though. <laughs> they already are. Uh, what, Open Door, I think Eric Wu said that he was kind of surprised on how many, how, fast. People, how many people were accepting their offers now. Because they were obviously lowball, <laughs> they're lowball offers, and they hold on. That people think still about that. Them. The CEO of a company that's acquiring houses for profit, he's shocked that sellers are accepting their offers because he knows that they're making low aggressive offers. So think about what that's going to do to the stocks and everything else that we were just talking about. I don't think they're. I don't think they're lowball offers. I think they're. I think they're offers that give 
what market value is with the opportunity to say, hey, well, we're, we're hedging our bet because mm. we don't know what this thing's truly going to resell for. And clearly, based on results, that home seller's not confident either. Otherwise, they would have put it on the market. I think they're pretty sure that um, they're going to make money on the houses that they're that they're buying right now. We'll that's see. What, that's what I think so too. I mean, if they if they don't, then then this is a market, I, I th- a market th- that we've never. I, I don't think I, I think, don't think there's seventy five cents on the dollar offers or something like that. But I, I I'm pretty close I, to well, it. Well, yes. hey, you know what? They I, are. I, I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think they'll make money too, but I think they should make money. They're they're giving a service that creates the convenience and certainty Absolutely. that homeowners yeah. are looking for. So, I, I don't or they're see putting a price on that. that. Exactly, yeah, no, like, I agree. My biggest thing is I think selling your home to an iBuyer, maybe not now, but I think in the future it really could be kind of like a status piece. It's kind of like mm. you know, hey, like I don't have I'd, time for exactly, this exactly right you, listing thing. I'm just going to sell it to an iBuyer because I right. have lots of money and I don't care. We've talked right. about this many times, right. trading in your car versus once upon a time having to sell your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that same mindset. Well, the largest cohort of sellers right now are baby boomers. And so they're older. Maybe they're valuing their time more. <clears throat> maybe like, you know, getting to where they want to be next is more important than hanging around to squeeze mm-hmm. every last little cent out of their home. Right. So, you know, we see that they're still accepting they just, these they, offers. They. Their their kids are going to inherit just a little bit less money, but they have a little extra more more time on their time on their in their life. So yeah, I think it's good. So let me let me just touch on this one last time, and then we can move on. So <laughs> here here's the thing. I don't, here's why I don't think they're low ball offers. There is no guarantee. There is no certainty. No guarantee of what the house is going to sell for on the open market. So let's put it in this perspective. You're a listing agent. You put that you can say, "Hey, based on what I'm seeing, there's a possibility that I can, you know, obviously you, you communicate it different to sellers, but right. that's what's truly going on. There's a possibility that I can sell your house for $500,000 on the open market." Well, after possible price reductions or a buyer, let's say it sells for 445. So what is it? What, oh, you did a low ball listing. You know, it could be the same argument can be sure. Made. Well, that's how they talk about buying. The but listing, what if right? that open door offer was 445? Is it, re- is it really low ball anymore? So that's, the, no. that's the approach and perspective that I take. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I totally see your angle and follow your thought on it. And I think that that's, that's part of what today's more modern consumer is putting a price on is the certainty and convenience, right? Being able to move when you want, being able to access your money faster, right? That's the other thing too, though. Like, think about that. I mean, I know that we've had a couple of acceptances at Zudilio recently where people are accepting the offer because they need to access their cash for another investment, right? Or to buy another house, right? There's, a, there's an absolute price that they're putting on being able to access their cash now. Absolutely. Liquidity is expensive. <laughs> That's right. All right, I'll go back to this uh, 2023 predictions. Number six, workers return to work. Ooh, Sort of. So, okay, we're seeing this. We're we're going to quit paying people to stay home? Well, we know Elon Musk has (coughs) demanded all Twitter employees back in the office. I just read that Snapchat has demanded that employees are back in the office. So you have these companies that were like, oh, work from home forever. And now it's (laughs) the tune has changed quickly. Yeah, you want to know why? Because I guarantee you their productivity went down at some level. Okay. Guaranteed. Clearly. I saw an ad. I, ha- I have to share this. I saw an ad for um, um, like uh, um, what, what's one of the job posting things that we what's one? Indeed. 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 So where it was like I, I put this out there and I, you know, basically like promoting how this like he he wasn't getting hired and then, you know, he wants to work at home. And all the times that it's talking about working at home, it's showing him playing with his kids while he's supposed to be working at home. And I was just like, yo, the message that that's sending to employers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know it happens. Hell yes, it does. Yeah. 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 
All right, number uh, seven, new construction activity unlikely to increase. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. New Un- construction? New construction unlikely activity. Unlikely to increase. Huh. Yeah, I think it'll... They, they threw, I, knew a lot, I know a lot of them really kind of pulled back, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that were trying well, to get out of their new build loans, the whole bit. Of course it's going to decrease this year because... I mean, of course. Oh. They have a glut of inventory. They're not going to they're not going to ramp up from last year. No. Right. Are they they're not yeah. going to just build That's spec homes I, and I totally agree them. with that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Number 8, not all markets are created equal. in 10%. Yep. I would going to back to it, what 49% uh in Phoenix, in Phoenix. yeah, depreciation of investors. You know hilarious since I've got into real or, estate in, in 2010 and you, you guys heard this before me being in the industry and it's still holding true today. I mean, think about it. Regardless of what market we're in, who, who's setting the trend? Always oh, Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Oh, it's kind from, of wild from, if you think yeah, about from, it. That, from, that has never changed. Almost here to California, I mean, New York yeah. Stock Exchange. It's kind of wild if you think about it. It is it's wild. It's kind of cool to be in it, too. It's like, we the trendsetter. It is cool <laughs> until we run out of water, and then it's not going to be oh, so cool. That's, that's, that's drill that's, deeper. <laughs> we're just going to drill deeper. That's another podcast. That's a hoax. That is, that's been my biggest thing. That's my biggest fear. That's a CAI PSYOP conspiracy theory. The silver, uh, min- the silver I, minnow? I don't think we have enough water, guys. I think there's... They're just going to drill deeper. You can't. You'll have to share. We're going to Lake Tahoe. Yes. All right, number nine. Affordability will continue to be a major issue. Duh. Affordability, yeah. I mean, that's obviously... It's, <laughs> that's... If, yeah, unless there's a massive price reduction. Then, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's they're the basically only... saying that... We're not gonna have yeah. We're not gonna have a crash. Right? Yeah, we're not. Yeah. If we had a crash, then affordability wouldn't be a major issue. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's it's not. It's gonna continue to be a major issue. And and 100%. number ten, governments will start to take housing more seriously. Yes, which, yes, I see that. I mean, Congress just introduced the Stop Wall Street Landlord. Yeah, Act. yeah. Talk about. I don't that. know what that is. Okay, so at the end of Such October. Some legislators in California introduced a bill they're calling the Stop Wall Street Landlords Act, and essentially what it will do is it'll make uh, these single-family rental companies with $100 million and more of assets, it will impose a transaction tax on mm-hmm. any of their purchases, and it will also prohibit oh, Fannie Mae, yeah. Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae from purchasing their mortgages. So it would definitely make it way more expensive to operate. There could be some like liquidity issues. They wouldn't be able to resell off their mortgages. Uh, so it could have a big impact. Yeah. yeah. What's up with California? Why can't well, it makes. Just... You, I mean, because it's. I yeah. did okay. So I did I an informal even... Instagram poll, and I kind of like laid out all the details about the Stop Wall Street Landlord Act, and then I asked my followers, "Do you think this is good?" And I also laid out the fact that of the 20 million single-family rentals across the United States, only three percent, actually a little bit less than three percent, are institutionally owned. So that's about six hundred thousand yeah. homes. And I asked my Instagram followers, do you think the government should intervene? Like, is this necessary? And overwhelmingly, like 93% of my Instagram followers said, yes, the government should do something about them. That's insane. That's not yeah, that's scary because the government meddling in their hands. Not that's, going up it's such a fine it line. never solves anything. It it's only disruption of capitalism. Worse. That's what that is. It's, that's disruption of capitalism. Well, we're in a different, we have a different um, well, millennials or Gen Zs. They... Yeah, it's brainwashed, bro. The brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. I mean, like I said, that's my like. I mean, I also think that they're going to get way more creative, right? Then they'll just diversify, break up the companies, break up, you know, LLCs, those types of things. Like, well, I don't think it's not going to pass. They, the, the House is just taken over by, by Republicans. They're not going to. Yeah, it's not going to pass. And that was um, kind of that was kind of the takeaway is yeah. that yeah, now that there's kind of new regime in the House, that this is very unlikely to pass. But they're thinking about it. They're introducing legislation about the fact it. that it was it's even starting. introduced. Yep. Right. 
right. starting. Yep. Well, a lot going on in this real estate world for sure. We just want to say thank you for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow for yep. more iBuyer Experiment. Thanks, guys. Have right. a strong December. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>